Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you're in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Let's get it. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. It is Tuesday, April the 5th, 2022. Y'all decided to wake y'all asses up with Ray G. Appreciate y'all being here and appreciate our partners, our good friends, Prospects, don't know if anybody watched the College Basketball National Championship game last night. I did not, but if you did, congratulations if you're a Kansas Jayhawks fan for taking down the UNC North Carolina Tar Heels. Um, I don't know if it was a good game, bad game. I just know Kansas won. I know a couple of people. I saw some people have some tickets in um, on on um, North Carolina to win the Natty. They put that money in at the beginning of the season. I saw a cash-out option, Jay, of 21 racks. 21 racks. $400 bet, I 100% would have cashed out. I would not have risked it last night. I'm taking my profit where it's there. Uh, max payout would have been 80 k Hopefully that individual t- cashed out, took that money, ran to the bank and cashed it. But shout out to, I don't know how I went from prize picks to that, but shout out to prize picks. Make sure you use the promo code WAKEUP. Major League Baseball. Jay, we got baseball kicking back off, what, Thursday this week. So that means we we have to build the model to uh, to, to start uh, getting us some baseball props. Use that promo code WAKEUP, as I said. Uh Link in the description if you don't want to like type it all in. We got all that ready for you. Sign up for the newsletter. Sign up for uh, all the podcasts. Subscribe to all that feed, all that good shit. Jay, how you doing this morning, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. Like you said, you know, the Natty was last night. I watched some of it. It wasn't the best Natty I've ever seen, but it was the mm-hmm. largest comeback in championship history. So Kansas did oh. overcome that. You know, super, yeah, really bad first half. North Carolina melted down in the second half. Kansas came back to win, you know, with some... Wow questionable calls down the stretch it wouldn't be a ncaa tournament game without a few questionable calls from the refs but overall it sounded like people enjoyed it i I didn't watch much of the game i watched the end because it was close but outside of that man i'm just i wasn't a big fan of either team they they were kind of supposed to be there unc really peaked at the right time kansas number one seed throughout like most of the tournament besides gonzaga so good for kansas to get a win you know it's been i think like 10 years since they won the national championship at least something like that so damn for a team that's supposed to be a powerhouse they haven't really been getting it done lately so good for kansas uh, but uh much more excited to talk to these wide receivers man we're doing top yeah, 10 dynasty wide receivers today. and uh you know me man wide receivers just like it's like my bread and butter it's a position i like more than any yeah. other position so it'll be a lot of fun to get into that today yeah, man, and uh, we, uh, we've got to talk about uh, some news. We had a trade that popped off yesterday. The Philadelphia Eagles making savvy moves, making di- and, and I know it's a little brighter in here today. Uh, decided to do it with the lights on, man. I had to do it with the lights on. Jay, I like to see what I'm doing. I don't like doing you it. You like in the to dark. do it with the lights like, on. Okay. Yeah, I like, um, that I can like mean to... <laughs> multiple things, but I'm glad you like to... I'm glad you clarify for the people how you I, like it. Yeah, I like but, the um... lights on. I want to see it all. I want to see it. I want to see. Let me see. Let me see. I like the lights on. But no, tell us what the Eagles did. What the Eagles do? 
So the Eagles traded their 16th, 19th, and a 6th rounder to the New Orleans Saints for their 18th pick, a 3rd rounder, a 7th rounder in 2020, and then a 1st in 2023, and a 2nd in 2024. So basically what the Saints did, they have two middle round picks now, and they also moved up their 18th pick to the 16th pick. Um, one of the theories behind this actually was from Nick Underhill and a few other, uh, what is it, Saints reporters. Apparently, they're what they want and what the Chargers want are very similar. So one of the big proponents for them was they wanted to make sure they were ahead of the Chargers in the draft because their team needs are just very similar. Now, it sounds crazy because the Saints don't have a quarterback and the Chargers have Justin Herbert. But outside of that, you think about what those teams need. And it's actually very similar the way they're built, the way they play the game. Um, I think it does make a lot of sense. But the question is, Ray, is how do you feel about this trade? You know, the Saints went from being a quarterback or bust type of situation right now. You know, we know they'll go offensive line, we'll go defensive line. But now they have two picks in the top 20. And, and one of the key factors for me here is actually they have two picks ahead of Pittsburgh. So while people talk about Pittsburgh trading up, you know, we haven't really seen it in the past. Now the Saints have two <laughs> picks ahead of Pittsburgh. So what do we think? <laughs> What do you what what are people really talking about my back? Is this is this is this what we're doing right now? We talking about my back? Go ahead. My, you you got a good news. I'm sorry. You got Jesus. a good news segment. I'm sorry. Keep going. But the question for you, Ray, is where are you at with these picks? Where which direction do you think the Saints go? I think one is going to have to be dedicated to the trenches somehow, whether it's offensive line or defensive line. And then the other pick, maybe you get a skill position player like a quarterback, like a wide receiver. Or maybe they just stick to the trenches. But there has to be two players they really like in the top 20. I've been seeing reports that, as well, there is a possibility that they have the draft capital to go up to number five and that. trade with the that. Giants. Yeah, which is – that would be madness. Man, I, I honestly – honestly, I have no clue. Um, of all the teams that I thought would move up or, you know, sort of position themselves to be in the quarterback race, the Saints weren't as high on the list. I, I figured that – you know, they re-signed Jameis. They were fine with that. And that that was like one of the few teams. You, you We talked about Pittsburgh. We talked about, uh, you know, Minnesota, Atlanta moving up, all these other teams. The Saints weren't the team that I w was expecting to move up, especially with their roster. It's sort of like win now, right? Kamara, Michael Thomas. These are, these are pieces that are not – these aren't youthful assets that they have. So do they have the time and the patience to say – are, are, and in my opinion, I don't think any of these quarterbacks are are ready to go day one out the box. You know what I mean? I, I think there is some assembly acquired, required. Um, I think it needs some time to cure. Uh, I think these quarterbacks need some time. So even if they trade up to five to take Malik or Kenny Pickett or, or, or Matt Corral, whomever the quarterback may be, are they ready to step in um, right away and and lead that team? I'm not saying that they can't. Um, they do have a defense that can sustain and help an offense out. And, you know, based on what we saw from the quarterback play from New Orleans last year between Ian Book, Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon, I I'm sure any of these young guys would be an upgrade. I, I just don't know if they're an upgrade over Jameis right away. Um, weird, weird. I, maybe they're going tackle. Maybe they're going to a, a different position and it's not to move up to get a quarterback. I thought it was a beautiful move by Philadelphia. And they've sort of positioned themselves now. That if there were any kind of doubt, because they still had three first-round picks, so maybe some people were still like, ah, they might use some of that to trade up to get a 
all of that out of your mind. Like, they have positioned themselves. Jalen Hurts is locked and loaded starting. He should have been, but now this should solidify it. Starting quarterback for Philly in 2022. But this gives them some flexibility in 2023 that if uh, Jalen Hurts isn't the guy, they've got draft capital to maneuver around in 2023 uh, to to get a quarterback, to get a C.J. Stroud, to get a Bryce Young, maybe a Will Levis, Tyler Van Dyke. We'll talk about those guys tomorrow. Maybe it puts them in a position to say, all right, the, the Jalen Hurts experience didn't work out here. We've got the draft capital in 2023 to go make a move. It's interesting, man. I saw somebody tweet out, and it was beautiful. Philadelphia traded the 106 in 2021, and... Carson Wentz and ended up with Devontae Smith, two first rounders in 2022, whatever the third, second rounders were in 2023, a first rounder in 2023 and a first rounder in 2024, some shit like that. Off of the 106, moving back off the 106, trading Carson Wentz, they end up with Devonta Smith, multiple first round picks and multiple assets to build their team around. Philly making competent moves in the offseason. You love to you hate to see it as a Cowboys fan, but if you're an Eagles fan, you you gotta love it. Um I I don't know what New Orleans is gonna do, man. I honestly have no clue, Jay. Zero. Yeah, like the thing for them is like you said, they they do have a good team and they can really plug in different players in different positions. And you have to imagine they just like their guys. Although I'm not I wouldn't necessarily rule out Philly drafting up, taking a quarterback, only because they still have the draft capital. They had three firsts, now they just have two firsts. They still have 15 and 18. So again, they're they're drafting in the same range. Like you said, they don't even, they really just lost one pick and they're drafting the same range. Everything's pretty much the same for them. But I'm curious what direction they choose to go because while I don't think Hurts gets replaced this year, I still think that in a perfect world, if if the right quarterback fell fell to the right spot, I think they could potentially take a quarterback and have a Maybe. competition well, and really I, see I what's Mike- happening. But I think Mike hit it on the head. This trade, if Hurts isn't the guy, it's a great trade for Philadelphia. If Hurts is the guy, it's a great trade for Philadelphia. They put themselves in a fantastic boat to kind of pivot or commit and go long term. I like Jalen. I am a Jalen Hurts truther. I'm a Jalen Hurts believer. Let's just say this. One for one is prospects. I believe Jalen Hurts is the superior prospect than Malik Willis. I think he's a better college prospect than Malik Willis. No, he may not have the 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 cannon of an arm that Malik has, but the pedigree, level of competition, what he was able to do in P5 conferences, not only in the SEC, but then he uh, you know transitions over to Big 12. I believe Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback prospect than Malik Willis when you put him head to head. So uh, I, I, I'm not fading Jalen Hurts, man. You know every every hurdle, every speed. Last year was his first full year starting. You know, we go back to his rookie season. He started the last four games of that season. Two of them were good. Two of them were shit. 50, 50% hit rate for a rookie quarterback that was taken in the second round that wasn't supposed to play in his first season. Uh, just want to say this is a great trade for Philadelphia, whatever direction they want to go. I think this is very good for the Philadelphia Eagles. Jay, there was nothing else that really popped off yesterday, right? I saw Rashad Bateman change his numbers from, from 12, 12 to, seven. to 7. And then your boy uh, Taco Charlton signed with the Saints, too. So the the Cowboys Why losing another boy? defensive player. He he's been boy, man. he's been off for the Cowboys boy. for a long time. He hasn't been with Dallas for a very long time. So he's not my boy. I despise the Taco Charlton pick. What a waste of a first rounder. Um, good luck, uh, Saints fans, and with Taco Charlton. No thank you. Um, and Bateman changed his number from twelve to seven. Didn't even get to seven because he wore number. Uh, what do you wear in college? He was thirteen. I think college. he was thirteen. He was 13, and then didn't he switch to one in his last season? He, he switched to zero. He was agent zero oh, okay. in his last season. So I don't I don't know where the seven was. came from, but all right. 
good good for good for Rashad Bateman. Anyways, top 10 dynasty wide receivers. We got to get to it. This is going to be debate dissension. Uh hopefully not at the top, but right at 3, right from 3 down to we said top 10, we're probably going to do top 12 just 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 keeping it real probably Yeah, I got a 12. I got a big list for sure. Yeah, go I got I had a big yeah, I had a big list too. We're probably going to go 12 deep. So I, I think, and we had this conversation yesterday, Jay, with the patrons, right? Um, I, I really think that with these wide receivers and where we're at, you know, in Dynasty and their NFL career, the way the NFL game is kind of evolving, aired out type offenses, you got to score points. I think there should be two sets of rankings for wide receivers, especially like the top 20. Should be like the win now wide receiver Dynasty rankings and the kind of regular standard traditional dynasty rankings because the issue that you run into when you're trying to rank these wide receivers are I think the two, three best wide receivers in the NFL are all 28, 29, 30 years old, right? They're all like older. And in dynasty, you don't want, you know, it's the youth movement, right? So I think it really depends on the type of roster that you're trying to build in this this more so pertains to dynasty startup drafts. Once you're in the league and you're making trades, it kind of changes the equation. But when you're in a startup, you got to ask yourself, you know, Jay, if I if I if I asked you right now, man, who's going to have the more productive season, Cooper Cup or Jalen Waddle? I think we both agree it's probably Cooper Cup, right? Devontae yep, Adams or Devontae Adams or CeeDee Lamb, Devontae Adams or T Higgins, Devontae We're probably all we're going with Devontae Adams. But if yeah. I asked you in a startup draft, you know, do you want DK Metcalf or Devontae Adams? Do you want Cooper Cup or CeeDee Lamb? Most dynasty gamers in the startup, your mind, you're thinking dynasty, you're thinking long term, you're going to side with youth. You'll be like, all right, well, CeeDee's not going to outproduce Cooper Cup this year, but CeeDee Lamb is 22 years old and Cooper Cup is 28 going on 29 or whatever it is. Like, you're like, I, I need the seven years of insulation. You know, I look back on all my dynasty rosters, man. I played, I've had upwards of 30 dynasty teams at a time. I've significantly cut back on that. I think I'm sitting around like 11 or 12 right now. I just needed to be able to focus in on these leagues a little bit more. Ask me how many players in my longest dynasty league, my home dynasty league, it's going into year six or year seven now. Ask me how many of the players, how many players I have on my roster now that I actually drafted in the startup. Six years in. Six 35-40-man roster, taxi squad. Has to be oh. under five. Has to be under Bro, five. I'd probably say under three. one player that I drafted in the startup, and it's, and it's Dak Prescott. That's the only – and it's the quarterback, right? Super yeah, flex, most valuable position is quarterback. That You know what, Matt? I did not say good morning to anybody <laughs> in the chat, and I apologize. So I'm going to go reverse order. I see John, Shane, Joe, Row in the building, Patrick, Corey – uh, uh, another Patrick, Chris, another Patrick, Corey, Brandon, Mike A always in the building, Mike, Austin, Dynasty, Barry, Marlon. Good morning to y'all. I am sorry. I just completely, I was so ready to be dirty and talk about doing it with lights on and off. I just completely missed all the good people who tune in that, that are up early this morning to check in with us. So I'm sorry about that. I apologize. Now back to the regular schedule program. Uh, I've got one player, Jay, one. So while we talk about like, oh man, I'm gonna get this guy. Like, I'm 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 asking a real question here. Now, now, now we're getting into it. Like, should that shit matter, man, or sh should we just be looking at dynasty in a like pseudo redraft lens? Not really redraft, but like 
Like, you're a great example of that, Jay. You are all about, I want to win now. If I get two titles within the first couple of years, I don't care what happens after that. You know what I mean? You're like, I'll figure it out. I'll rebuild. Yeah. I want to win the, the money now. Folds, right, or the, the, the league day. folds. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking about it, you know? And, and this is a league that I run. Like, it's, it's my home dynasty league. And I've got one cat on my roster that I drafted with 35-man-plus rosters. I got one, and it's the quarterback. So how much... Should we be factoring age into these decisions? Like, okay, it feels gross. I'm not going to say in the second round you should go Cooper Cup, but why not? If if you're thinking about taking, I don't know, Jalen Waddle, DJ Moore, and you're going to trade that fucker in a couple of weeks anyway, why not just get the assets that are going to score? I'm just philosophical conversation. I don't know if I'm right or dead ass wrong, but I just want to I want to have this conversation because as we build these rankings out on the show. I think that's what we're going to run up against uh, against a lot is the age, right? How can you have Devontae Adams ranked so high when he's 30 years old or Cooper Cup when he's pushing 30? How can you have him over these guys? Well, in my mind, Cooper Cup's tied to Matthew Stafford for the next three years. He's a walking at minimum 1,300 yards. I don't think he's going to do, you know, damn near 2K again. I think that uh, I think that was outlier season. But you're telling me Cup's going to go out there and give me 1,310 for the next three years floor? I want that. You know what I'm saying? I want that over the insulation of age that I get from a CD Lamb, even though CD Lamb's probably gonna play a little bit. I'm just I'm just I'm just spitballing vibe with me here, man. Am I am I completely off base? Um, I think it depends, right? I think we'll dive into this the philosophy of it more. But what I think I want people to take away from this exercise is not so much that you should be drafting these receivers where we have them ranked necessarily, but understanding that there's a difference, obviously, like you're saying, between production and value. And depending on how you want to build your team in a startup, the value direction is usually the way you want to go for long-term success, sustainability. Like you're talking about how you only have one player on your home dynasty league for the last six years. Now, is that because you traded guys away? Is that because, like you're saying, you you drafted good players and you cashed out on some of that value and then you retooled and you got more value through the rookie drafts and through picks and all these sort of things? I think for me, your your philosophy is 100% right. And and I that was the conundrum I had is where do I rank Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup? Because they're the two guys really to me that can actually crack the top 10, regardless of whether you're trying to win now or win later, because they have a three-year window. And as long as you have a three-year window at wide receiver, I think you're fine to take in the top 10. But it comes down to is at the end of the day, these guys are depreciating assets and the other guys still have some room to grow or at least will still demand trade value two to three years down the line. And we just can't say that about these two. They're, they're going to be the DeAndre Hopkinses or the Julio Joneses or the AJ Greens, where they're highly productive later in their career. But that we know that that value drop-off is constantly coming and you're not actually gaining anything by drafting them in the top 10. So again, even for me, when I draft wide receivers, it's rare I take one very high because I like to take the guys that are a little bit lower that have a chance to jump into the top 12. But I think I think we can start at the top, right? I, yeah, I don't know yeah. who your top guy is, but I have to imagine it's Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson are one and two. This isn't a conversation that really needs yep. to be had. We can kind of dive into the other two. For me, it's Burrow over Kirk or whoever the hell the next yeah. quarterback is, right? That's yeah. that's the big difference. Is that I think that Jamar Chase is just an elite talent. So here's here's actually a quick question for you. I believe that Jamar Chase is an inferior wide receiver to Justin Jefferson. I believe that Justin Jefferson is a more talented wide receiver, but I believe that Jamar Chase is more gifted 
than Justin Jefferson. I just mm. think that there's things that Jamar Chase can do that Justin Jefferson can't do. But the work ethic and the way that Justin Jefferson has positioned himself, his career, and his abilities is superior to that of Jamar Chase to this point. But Jamar Chase is just so gifted that at any point, he could have a higher ceiling than Justin Jefferson, regardless of how much Jefferson works, as talented as he is. I just think that Jamar Chase is a truly gifted wide receiver. And, and that, to that, to me, is the difference between the two. As talented as both Lamar, Jamar Chase is just different. Like, he's just different. And, and yeah. I don't think I see it from a talent perspective because I believe Justin Jefferson's more talented. But with Burrow, with how great he played, 18 yards per reception, broke Jefferson's record, like – it's impossible for me to not say that Jamar Chase is wide receiver one. Yeah, um, I, I get what you're saying. I don't know if I would have framed it that way. I think Justin Jefferson is a more rounded and polished wide receiver at this stage of their career than Jamar Chase is. Uh, I, I mean, you you watch, you look at what Chase did last year, man, on 81 receptions, almost 1,500 yards, 18 yards per reception, 13 touchdowns. Like, he did that having not played football for a year. He did that, and it honestly just looked like he was just out there, just throw that shit up. Like, just throw it up, throw it in my direction. Like, just, my my thing is, imagine how much better he'll be in year five. You know what I mean? If he was that good this year, having sat out a year, um, just kind of being thrown into the mix, like, imagine how good he's going to be in year three, year four, year five. And as a wide receiver, you don't have to do everything, right? I think Justin Jefferson literally can do it all at an exceptional level. But you don't need that in order to be elite. And I think ultimately this is your tier one. It's Jefferson and Chase. I'd lean the quarterback side with Joe Burrow. um, But these are the top two guys. Interchange them however you want. Everyone and Justin Jefferson, he heard the he heard the noise, right? Everybody talked about regression. He wouldn't be able to do what he he did his rookie season again in year two. Not only did he do that, he exceeded it. You know, sixteen hundred, fifteen yards of reception, ten touchdowns. Um, he's just incredible. The, these two flip a coin, and I would be good with either one of them. Um, I think Jamar Chase has more physical like gifts, just physically, um, but Justin Jefferson. equally as gifted. And I just, I love his story, man. You and I were both big fans of Justin Jefferson at LSU. When you look at the kid, I think he was a two-star recruit coming out of LSU. Really only got the LSU offer because his brother played quarterback there. Um, His brother was a quarterback at LSU. Starting quarterback, took his team to a national championship. But, I mean, Jefferson ran a 488 out of high school, wasn't supposed to be much at LSU, behind all these highly touted recruits, and he's just worked his ass off to get to the level that he's at. I think these are the top two wide receivers in Dynasty for sure. So, one, two, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, if you got either of these guys or both of these guys, you're sitting pretty. I think the, the dissension starts to come in here at wide receiver three, and for me, I've got A.J. Brown at wide receiver three in Dynasty for me, and that's that's a big shift over my boy C.D., but I've got A.J. Brown at wide receiver three. I, you know, what he's done to this point of his career, um, just wait until there's some consistency, right? I know he was a little bit banged up last year, but you're, he's a human tank, man. That's why I keep calling the Tennessee Titans monsters. And if they get a Drake London or a Traylon Burks and you pair that with A.J. Brown, I think it only helps. He's needed a running mate for a while. He needs a number two to draw a little bit of attention away from him with Derrick Henry in the backfield. So now they've got Robert Woods coming over, the potential to bring in another rookie wide receiver. For me, A.J. Brown is my wide receiver three in Dynasty. Where are you at? 
zero disagreement. You saw the excitement on my face. Um, AJ Brown, a player I've loved forever, it seems like. It feels like my influence is starting to starting to come through to fruition, right? I expected you to go with a big body wide receiver, you know, the big physical guys. But no, you took my man, my man, AJ Brown. Yeah. And what he needs is targets. He doesn't need any, he doesn't need a running mate. He needs targets. He's never had more than okay. 120 targets his whole career. I get people are concerned about the injuries, but the upside is truthfully Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson level. Him and one other guy to me have tier one potential. I don't even really think CeeDee Lamb has tier one potential. Like, but I maybe do. with, the, with the volume being there. But AJ Brown is different, man. I, I think he's a completely different player. And by far to me, the closest thing to tier one that we have in the rest of this wide receiver class. Um, you I know, agree. 2020. It's got to happen this year. I agree. I mean, if he doesn't finish top five, I don't think you can have him up there. But we're, we're, this is why we're doing this exercise. I agree, um, and I'm betting on that, right? Um, I'm still a big fan, still a believer in the talent. Like you said, hasn't had over 130 targets. I don't know if that's Ryan Tannehill. I don't know if that's him being on the field, but um, it needs to happen this year. I, I 100% agree. Uh, he's going to get paid like a top wide out, but I do agree with that. I, that's that's a fair point. Um, wide receiver four, and again – here's my thing. When we're talking about these top guys, whether it's three or four, four or five, three or five, it's all, it's all just on the margins, man. This is just little di- It's not, it's not that I have any of these guys. The only two wide receivers that I have head and shoulders above anybody else are Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. So if you're like, nah, Ray, AJ Brown should be four. How could like, then I, I'm not even disagreeing with it. Like, I'd be like, all right, I can I can see that. For me, I've got CeeDee Lamb at wide receiver four. Um, he's my wide receiver four. This is year three for CeeDee Lamb. Amari Cooper's out of the way. Michael Gallup is hurt. He's on an offense with a one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. I think Dak, we can all agree, is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. This is CeeDee Lamb's time to shine. Um, you know, we, we, we're seeing, we've seen flashes. We've seen little spurts of the potential. But here's his chance to really put it all together and have that 14, 1500 yard season at 10 plus, 12 plus touchdown year. CeeDee Lamb time is is now in Dallas and still a top five dynasty wide receiver, in my opinion. Um, if you want to flip him to three, I know you don't think he's got a shot to be in that tier one. I do think he's got that potential. Potential. He's a yak monster. He's a red zone weapon. Um, you know, he, he can do it in all quadrants of the field. But if you're asking me right now, I, I have A.J. Brown just a tick ahead of CeeDee Lamb. Got to see it from CD as well here in year three for CD Lamb. And then rounding out my top five. I don't know who you have at four or five, Jay. This was a tough one for me, man. Um, you give me your five. Who's who's your four? What do you think about CD at four? Do you have CD at four? I have CD at five, actually. Okay. And I think, who's, who's I think we're in the same spot at four. I have DK Metcalf at four. Ah, that's I got I got DK at five. And that, that was yeah. tough for me. I, that was a tough one for me. Go ahead. So I'm with you on that. I think that conversation about DK is very valid, right? But what I always come back to with DK is that he's always been better than I ever expected him to be. And because of that, I need to give him the respect of the receivers around him. He's basically done what AJ Brown has done throughout his career, right? Throughout the three years. He hasn't done anything different. You know, AJ might have a few more yards. Touchdowns are very similar. I believe DK had 13 touchdowns this year in what was really a pedestrian offense for about half the season. And so... The biggest thing for me and the reason why he's ranked so high and and why I still like him very high is because I think there is an opportunity now for DK to be the guy on his own team because we don't think necessarily Tyler Lockett's going to be there. We don't even think DK is necessarily going to be there on this team. 
And so if you take him out of that Tyler, out of Tyler Lockett's shadow or playing with Tyler Lockett, he's only had, I think his max was 130 targets in one season. What is DK going to look like if he has 150 targets, 160 targets, 170 targets when he gets traded and paid to be that wide receiver one? I just think, you know, he's kind of the rare exception for me where I don't love these big body go get it receivers, but DK is a different level of specimen. And again, another guy that I believe could be in the tier one if everything goes right, because people love him. People love what he does. The talent is exceptional. Um, But Lamb for me is at five. Like you said, everything you said is valid. Dak Prescott, the Cowboys, Cooper leaving. I'm curious to see how that role and transition goes for him, because not to say he was in Cooper's shadow, but he had some coverage insulation with Cooper because Cooper was still seeing a lot of top coverage. But we'll see what happens with Lamb now and kind of how he shakes out on that offense, but should be in for a massive target load this year. So we'll see, but I'm with you. I think we have the same top five. That's really boring, but yeah. you know, I yeah. think same I think this is how you want to play in Dynasty. Very, right. very young, very, very talented. All right, now here we go. At wide receiver six, and again, I have not seen your rankings. No clue where you're going here, um, but I've got T. Higgins at six. I've got T. Higgins at wide receiver six, and I actually thought about moving him as high as like five, man, like – if you're telling me, Ray, you're too high on A.J. Brown, C.D., bump him up, move T. Higgins up over. Like, I wouldn't argue it. Again, I got T. Higgins right outside of there. My only question with T. is, and this is this is a question that we don't have to really deal with until next year. Do you think Cincinnati pays him what he wants to be paid? Because if they pay T. Higgins, let's just say $28, $29 million, $30 million, are they going to have $30 million a year tied up in two wide receivers? Because the very next year... What, now they may franchise tag him, tag years, Chase, though. but yeah, are they going to be able to they keep got, both they got of those the fifth guys? Year option too, right? I just want, I, no, I want, no I want them to stay on their team. Hayden Winks, shout out no. Hayden Winks, Underdog Fantasy talked about wide receivers transitioning teams and how they just historically that doesn't bode well for wide receivers that switch teams. Um, and I know, yes, Randy Moss did it, and um, the, 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 there have been some others. But historically, Owens, yeah, like, they, historically, they don't produce the same. Like, are they going to be able to keep T and Jamar? And where does that leave no. T Higgins? Now, again, back to the original point, do I even give a damn if I'm operating in a two or three year window and I'm probably going to trade T Higgins at some point because the value is so high? Maybe it doesn't matter. T Higgins at wide receiver six for me. And then rolling into seven, man, um, I got Devontae Adams. I got Devontae Adams. And I know he's old. I know he's old, and people are like, ah, yeah. it's still it's still Tay Adams, man. He, he is walking into 145, 150 targets minimum this year. I mean, he's just going to get peppered with them. And if you're operating, again, in a two- or three-year window with these wide receivers, I don't care what happens four years after I draft Devontae Adams because there's a good chance he's not on my roster in four years. But for the next two years, he's probably going to produce in an elite clip. So I'm, I'm still there with, with Devontae Adams. You can interchange him and Cooper Cup. I have them back to back. I'm just I'm just going down the list. Six Higgins, Adams, Cup, seven, eight. You want to put Cup in, uh, ahead of Adams? I won't argue it one bit. But that's where I'm at. Six, seven, and eight in some combination. T Higgins, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup. Where are you at? Yeah, I have the same three. So my my list was Higgins, Adams, Cup. Um, you you nailed it with Higgins. And and the reason why I'm not worried, honestly, is because it's one of two situations. And and I actually want to paint another picture for you. And I'm I'm curious how this could work financially. But there is a two-year window, right? Between T. Higgins contract ending and then Jamar Chase's extension. So there's potential for a two-year contract for T. Higgins to remain no, on that roster. He's not you don't think do so? That. 
If I was his agent, no, no, I would not. No, I would not okay, advise but look, him to take a two-year deal. No way. No, no, no. Not take a two-year deal, but he could take a deal that's fifty million guaranteed with a hundred million dollar contract over five years, and him get his fifty million, then get cut, then move on when they need to sign Jamar Chase. So I'm not saying he's not going to get paid. He's still going to get paid. But I think there's a world where that could happen. But but what scares me, Ray, is do receivers even get the fifth-year option? Like. At some point, that fifth-year option is going to be, what, 20, 25 million? If yeah, these yeah, receiver yeah, yeah. contracts, like, at that point, you might as well just pay the guy and and lock him up. Like, I get you're getting a value, but it's crazy to think that, like, wide receiver fifth-year options are going to get hella expensive over the next few years. So I think there's a window, potentially, for a two years of guaranteed money for Tegan to remain on the roster. But if he does leave, someone's going to pay him $25, 30000000 million. So I'm not worried about his production. Maybe right. you like you said the situation might not be might not be great, but he's gonna get the work if they're gonna pay him that much. And like you talked about, Adams and Cup, the only two guys to me with locked in production for the next two to three years, elite level wide receivers. And I don't really think anyone else can contend. I thought about potentially the only other guy really for me is Diggs, right? If Diggs stays in Buffalo, he's got elite level upside, but he's not on the same level as Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup. And that's why for me, they're what that that's six, seven, eight for so we gotta round out two more guys. Yeah, and that's that's the end of my tier three too. So now it's go go to your your next two. Go to your next two. So my next two, who are nine and ten, is Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Um, so I'm taking again an elite level talent. Unfortunately, switching teams, going to a new roster, should be the number one, and then a very young, extremely talented wide receiver in Jalen Waddle who, again, will be the beta role. We'll see what his overall production looks like. He's the guy that that just isn't locked in at 10, right? He's the guy that could easily slip like way, way down. Because, again, behind him, we got Debo Samuel, Deontay Johnson, DJ Moore, Stephon Diggs, Terry McLaurin, Devontae Smith, uh, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans. There are a bunch of guys I just threw into this tier that, you know, Edwins Godwin are going to go that high. But production level, all similar. But for me, Tyreek needs to be in the top 10 because of what he could be. The fear of him not being top five, top six, top seven, is we don't know what his exact role is going to be. Tua is the ultimate question mark. And and for both these guys, if he's good, they're top 10 assets. If he's okay, maybe only one of them is a top 10 asset. But we'll see what ends up happening, Ray. Where are you at with these two guys and, and where are you at with the rest of your top 10? Yeah, I got Waddle and Hill as well. I got Waddle at nine, Tyreek at ten, um, and it's it's ironic that now they're both on the same team. Uh, I, I I think I got those two at nine ten. So what I want to do real quick is just recap our ten that we came to, and it was Chase Jefferson tier one of their own, AJ Brown, CD Lamb, DK Metcalf sort of lumped together in three through five. You and yep. you actually had. Uh, you know, DK Metcalf had a CD Lamb. You had AJ Brown at three. Then we had the same six through eight: T. Higgins, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup. Kind of flip flop the order, and then Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill. What I want to do is that's one column. Let's look at it in win now mode. Who I think is going to be the most productive this year? If I had to reshuffle this, the top five would probably go Chase Jefferson, Cooper Cup at wide receiver three. Like over any of these guys, I have more faith in Cooper Cup this upcoming season than I do anybody else on this list. So I can easily really? put Cooper Cup at three, Devontae Adams at four, and then you take a guess, CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, T. Higgins at five. If you were building, and that's why I said at the beginning of the show, I think, I really do think that we should operate in 
what direction is your team going in, right? Let's just say you started your dynasty startup with like Trey Lance and um, you traded down and you got Malik yeah. Willis. Like you're like, you're, you're acquiring assets. You got all these young guys. Why on earth would you pair Cooper Cup, even if he's going to be the third most productive wide receiver or second most productive wide receiver in the NFL, why would you pair Cooper Cup with Malik Willis and Trey Lance? And I get it. Well, Ray, I could trade. I, I could The value. Of, I'm not doing that, right? Like if I've got Willis and Lance as my bookend quarterbacks, I'm not taking a 28, 29-year-old wide receiver. I want DK Metcalf. I want T. Higgins. I want A.J. Br- I want youth to pair with my roster. But if I started off, let's just say hypothetically, you went, you're drafting at the back of the first and you start off with Christian McCaffrey, Lamar Jackson, and you're you're sitting in those, you know, and you're like, I'm gonna wait on quarterback, I'm gonna get an Aaron Rodgers in the fifth, then I want Cooper Cup on that. I, I truly believe there is no one size fits all for dynasty rankings. And I think this is the biggest, the problem that dynasty gamers get themselves into is going to sites, right? And let's just pull up, Let's just pull up like, okay, here goes everyone's favorite. Keep trade cut, right? Like just pulling it up and drafting based on, well, Cooper Cup, everyone values him as wide receiver 18. But if the direction of your roster isn't win now, why the hell would you draft Cooper Cup with with Malik Willis and and Trey Lance as your quarterbacks, right? Why would you do that? You're not going to, you're not, the chances of you being in a position to compete are probably slim to none. So we're looking at what they have. They got Chase, Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown, Cooper Cup at five. Debo was not on our list, right? Debo Samuel here at six. Waddle, D.K., Higgins, Devontae, Tyreek Hill. There goes their sort of top ten, right? I'm looking at DLF, startup ADP. Here they go. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. Boom, boom, boom. CeeDee Lamb, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, A.J. Brown, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel, D.K. Metcalf. There go their top ten wide receivers. No T. Higgins inside the top uh, inside the top top 10. He's standing right outside at 11. And if you're asking me right now, Jay, would I rather have T Higgins or Debo Samuel? It's 100% T Higgins, man. Like I'm not, I'm not even like, it's not even a question, right? So I think one of the big problems that fantasy gamers get in is looking at wholesale rankings and saying, that's how you should, that there goes the ranks. That's how, what's the direction of your team? The 40 chess guys talk about it all the time. What's the direction of your roster? And I think that's why it, it truly depends on what you're going for. Some people love the productive struggle. They're like, yo, I want nothing but youthful picks, and I'm going to load up on 2023s and 2024s, and I'll be ready to compete in two years. And then you got some cats that come in and say, I'm trying to win now, damn it. And if you're trying to win now, 100%, I want Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams over some of these guys. Just know that you're operating in a two, three-year window, which there's nothing wrong with it. I just think it truly depends on what you want to do with your team, what you want to do with your roster, and that's how I value those guys. So Waddle and Hill rounded out my top 10, and if we just put in an extra bonus two for top 12, it would be Debo Samuel and DJ Moore for me. Who would your next two be? Mine would be Debo Samuel and Deontay Johnson. Okay. Um, and so, you know, the chat is going crazy. Oh, disrespect to, to Debo Samuel. I think people are just prisoner of the moment with Debo Samuel right now. I don't think they really realize that, like, it's very unsustainable to expect 400 yards and eight touchdowns on the ground from a wide receiver. I, I know they can say he's a, he's a wide back and, you know, he's the best player in the offense and it all runs through Debo, and I get that. But he's still a player who only had 121 targets last year. He averaged me, 18 let, yards let per reception. Like, hey, man. I, nah, I mean, it's we just, ain't oh. disrespecting. Y'all disrespected Debo because going into last season, 
Nobody wanted Debo Samuel. It was and all that's about, part of the argument. It was that's all about Brandon Ayuk. It was all about Brandon Ayuk. His value is tanking. Y'all disrespected Debo Samuel. It was all about Brandon Ayuk going into the season. And I'm just here to say, I think this was the first season, and I'm not even being funny. The first season since Debo Samuel's second year at South Carolina that he finished the season healthy. They are going yeah. to run him literally into the ground. If he keeps doing toss sweeps, wide zone reads, like as a running back, they're going to Shanahan. The Shanahans, if, they're, if they ain't good for nothing, they're good for running players into the ground. They're going to run Debo Samuel into the ground, literally. I don't care. All that shit looks cool with him bouncing off of tackles on toss sweeps. But when you're doing that as a wide receiver, giving linebackers and safety a downhill start to blast your ass, it's not going to end well. Uh, if I had Debo, for everyone that thinks we're being disrespectful to him, having him inside our top 12 still, you are the, you are the mark that I would be selling Debo Samuel to. I have you starred on my list, and I would be trading you Debo Samuel, and I'd be asking for the world. I'm not disrespecting Debo. Um, I think he's a fantastic player, still inside our top 12, but I'm not taking him over any of the guys ahead of him. I'm not taking him over Coop, Coop uh, 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 Cup, Brown, Waddle, Adams, DK. Not doing it, bro. Not Cannot do it. Will not do it. Call it, yeah, there's no, call it there's... what you want. I'm not doing it. No, no, no. You, you've you've laid it out perfectly. This is a player who the entire community wrote off because he only played seven games last season. But this season, all of a sudden, he's going in as a top seven wide receiver. I'm sorry. I've been in the Dynasty game long enough to know that when you see these massive market corrections like we're seeing with Debo Samuel right now, there's just no guarantee it's going to last. And more than likely, he's going to be a guy who drops in rankings instead of going up. Like, is he really going to be ahead of T. Higgins or Adams or Cup? or Like, no, he, he's got a very small shot of being ahead of those guys. Unless, like we're talking about, prisoner of the moment. They see him take a sweep and he takes it 80 yards and he breaks four tackles. Like, go ahead, then go flip him for two to three first. And you'll be more than happy with that. For me, it's just, again, I, I, I just don't. I can't do it with Debo. I've been in there before. I have him on rosters. He's great when he plays. When he doesn't play, it's not so fun. And I just think he just had a great season. You know, nothing to take away from Debo. He had 1,400 yards on only 77 receptions. But can he do that again and still be as productive and still deserve this top six, seven ranking that people have for no, him? I just don't think he can, crazy, right? Man. He's no. still an older wide receiver at 26 years old. It's not like he's 24 or 23 like some of these guys are who were taken. So, again, that's where I'm at. But with Deontay Johnson, the thing people need to realize is, like, he's just a target monster. You can say what you want about his drops and his talent on the field, but if if he's healthy, he's getting the ball. I've been saying this for two years, Ray. You remember a tweet that I put out? Um, I put it in the Discord, and then I put it out on Twitter after that. So, hold on, hold on, said, hold on, hold on, hold on. You want to get into hold, that? Hold on, hold on. No, we get, we got it. I'm not done. I'm not done with Debo Samuel. I'm not done because it's not hate. I like Debo a lot. And I saw Patrick, pa Patrick is my guy, he's always in here, said you can't knock Debo for his health and then put A.J. Brown at wide receiver three. Debo's 26, A.J. Brown's 24. Debo Samuel, let's go back to college, right? Let's, let, let's go back his last couple of years. He played a full season this year, great. Before this season, what did Debo Samuel do? Five games in 2020, 11 games in 20, as a rookie, so we'll take that, not bad. College, five games, uh, five games as a freshman, that's 2015, long time ago, 10 as a sophomore, three as a junior, and then he played 12 as a senior. A.J. Brown is two years younger. A.J. Brown was hurt last year. He got hurt last year and still played in 13 games. 
every uh, there's not going to be any model of health where everybody goes through a season every season in their NFL career unscathed. So I'm not I'm not knocking Debo for a season of being hurt. I'm knocking him for multiple seasons of being injured and being two years older than A.J. Brown. And I believe A.J. Brown is a better wide receiver than Debo Samuel is a wide receiver. So when we're talking about wide receiver rankings, that is why Debo Samuel is below an A.J. Brown. And we talked about it. Inside that top three, you want to put A.J. Brown at five and have D.K. Metcalf or T. Higgins above him? I won't argue it. This is just what we think. I I wouldn't argue that. I'd say, all right, that's fine. I can see that. But I'm not putting Debo in that range, man. He's still top 12. Adam is a wide receiver one in Dynasty, just not in that tier where if I'm sitting on the clock and I'm staring down A.J. Brown, CeeDee Lamb, D.K. Metcalf, T. Higgins, there is no fiber in my body. 35 years of life inside of this. There is no way that this trigger finger can press a, a draft on Debo Samuel with A.J. Brown, CeeDee Lamb, and D.K. Metcalf on the board. If you can do that, more power to you. But old GQ, I cannot do it. I can't, will not, cannot, and it won't happen. And that doesn't mean I hate Debo. I like him a lot. Y'all the ones who didn't like him because y'all said he was dead and it was is Brandon Ayuk coming in to, to next season was going to be the guy. All right, now I'm yeah. done with Debo. Now you're done with Debo. And and Joe actually said in the chat perfectly, you have to treat Debo kind of like a running back because that's the shelf life that he seems to have in in the NFL right now. You know, it's just what we project for him to be moving forward. You can get super excited about this whole wide back thing, but the longevity of a player playing that position is much shorter. So a guy who's already turning 26 going on 27 for me, I just and being run like like, I don't like it, man. Like I would watch it. Especially that game where I'm watching, and I'm like, yo, they are like they He's they are legit hard. running him into the ground. Maybe that was maybe that was a blip. Maybe that's not trend, and maybe they don't do that next year. Maybe. And I don't like the dynasty with like injury stuff. Like I got to fade yeah. it. But you can't ignore how beat up Debo has been throughout his career, and you keep running toss sweeps to your damn wide receiver. And I know he's built not, yo. If I'm a linebacker, it, like I'm, com- they are coming to wreck his head. You know what I'm saying? Like you just, you can't continue to do that. So again, we don't hate Debo. We still have him inside the top twelve. I got him over Deontay Johnson, who Jay likes and, and Jay loves. Um, yeah. So that's that's the top twelve. Um, I, again, I think the way that you have to operate and treat these wide receivers outside of maybe Jefferson and Chase. Like, what's the direction of your team? Do you got a team that yeah. if, if you're building a team that you want to win, it's a high buy-in, $250 buy-in, winner takes all, and you want that cash, uh, give me Cooper Cup, give me Devontae Adams, give me give me those guys, because I know they are walking 100 reception, 12, 1,500-yard wide receivers, 10-plus touchdowns. They're going to help me win right away. I know they are the number one targets on their team. If you've got some time and you want to build, you're like, yo, I like this 2023 class. I think I'm going to fade a couple of these running backs. I'm going to load up on some Jameer Gibbs in 2023, 2024. I'm going to get a good shot at Xavier Worthy, and I'm going to build a, a young, youthful powerhouse down the line. Then shit, no. Somebody said in the chat, you do not want to pair Cooper Cup with Zach Wilson. You don't want to pair Devontae Adams with, with Mac Jones, right? Like, you, you just don't want to do that. With Kenny Pickett. Hey, I'm going to draft Kenny Pickett and Cooper Cup. We're really going to make a run this year. Probably not a wide strategy and dynasty um but that's it that's what we got and you know i'm looking at you know keep 
A lot of people say they don't like Keep Trade Cut. I like looking at it because it gives me a good idea of where people are valuing these guys. Um, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, there you go. Two guys that we were a little lower on. Apparently, the community loves them. Uh, you all, the drafters, you, you, you love these guys. So nothing wrong with it. Some players that we didn't talk about, Stephon Diggs right outside. Uh, Jay, you didn't bring up DJ Moore. I had him inside my top 12. Uh, there goes Chris Godwin, Devontae Smith, Elijah Moore. And then we get into like rookie territory, right? Pittman, Brooks, yeah. McLaurin, Jerry Judy. Um, don't believe any of those guys right now are in that same category of, of, of the players that we talked about at the beginning. And the big thing, Jay, is the age, right? It's 22, 22, 22, 24, 28, 26, yep. 24, 23, 29, 28, 28. It's the age, right? So, again, pick the direction. Make your list. Don't just go off a composite rankings by random ass sites. I don't know, man. It's that's tough. I love Elijah Moore. I mean, you, you know, I'm, 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 I'm gonna be talking with Cody, him, so I'm gonna be on. <laughs> I'm gonna be on with Cody on uh, on the Futurecast. I think this Friday. Yeah, Cody, lock me in. Futurecast this Friday. I'm gonna make sure uh, he ain't sniffing too much of them smelling salts to uh, work out because I'm assuming he's a little bit jacked up on those uh, smelling salts to hit those uh, squats this morning. Cody, Cody, big tripping right there. Elijah Moore. That's big trip, but we'll talk about a big dog. We'll talk about a big dog. I appreciate everybody tapping into the chat this morning. Did I miss anything, Jay? Any super chat stuff and nothing like that? Nothing. I don't I think so. No, one, no I think we just you today. Setting, Son of setting a flame, setting oh, flame man. to the wide receiver rankings, man. Setting That's how flame we do it. to the wide receiver rankings tomorrow. What do we got tomorrow? We're taking a look at the 2023 QBs, right? 2023 yes, and beyond. All right, so make sure you tap in. How many 49ers running backs are injured? All of them, Joe. <laughs> Elijah Mitchell All beat up. All of them beat up, so they're probably going to take a running back in the draft and just screw everything up. I uh, heard that. I'll bring some salt on Friday. <laughs> All right, Cody, you crazy son of a you-know-what. We appreciate everybody tapping into the show. Uh, make sure you comment, hit the thumbs-up button, like it. Y'all have a fantastic Tuesday. Be blessed, be great, and we'll tap in tomorrow morning. We out. Peace. Peace.